the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Coming up on five minutes after five, Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Stefan Tubbs. News Talk 710 KNUS. By the way, I will be in for Stefan on Wednesday as well from four to seven. And tomorrow morning, dark and early, 6 a.m. until it's bright and sunny out, hopefully 10 a.m. A.M. I will be filling in tomorrow for George Brockler as well. Uh, we have our guest Mike Davis on the line, but Eric in Denver has been patiently waiting for about 20 minutes, so I figure we'd squeeze you in, Eric, before we get to our uh, guest. Uh, Eric, good afternoon. What's on your mind? Jimmy, let's get at it, young man, you great American. Um, the swamp was the magic word, okay, when the great President Trump had got after all of them guys. Comey, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, Christopher Steele, mm-hmm. Bruce and Nellie Orr, okay, and the Pfizer court. And then we go down to Rod Rosenstein, Andrew McCade, Christopher Steele of the right. phony dossier, my brother. You know the all list goes of it. on, absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay. I w- would know for a fact that the great Rush Limbaugh would be hollering from th- from the rooftop, Jimmy. Because I love Rush. I miss him tremendously. As do I. He would charge, I know you do, he would charge these guys, especially Obama, connected with Biden, with flat-out treason. Um, Maria Bartiroma, she asked the um, Palmer, the one that's in charge of... Heading up to get to the... The, um, the Oversight you know. Committee chairman is James Cohn. Thank you, thank you. I'm just hot as fish grease. And these guys can't keep getting away with all this stuff because we all, as a, as a KNUS family, Jimmy Singenberger, we know this. This is what we need to talk about. Hmm. Treason because of what they did, and they're all connected at the hip, and then Obama should go first because he had no business letting Biden... Get them, doc, them documents. All right, Eric. And hey, I'll let you, I'll I, let you go. I'll I appreciate go the call. I did notice that Maria Bartiromo <laughs> raised that question. Uh, my position is that it is uh, too soon to talk about any sort of treason or accusing a president of the United States of treason. But of crimes, a different story. The plot keeps thickening. Or are we just getting greater clarity as time passes by? The reality is that Joe Biden had these documents being uncovered going back to November 2nd of last year, six days before the midterms. And only a couple of weeks ago did we first learn about this. And now more documents keep popping up, including ones from when he was a United States senator. What in the world is going on here? Let's talk about it with the founder and president of the Article 3 project during the nomination and confirmation process of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He helped to shepherd that nomination through as the point man for the Senate Judiciary Republicans under 
Chuck Grassley. Mike Davis joins us now. Good afternoon, Mike. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me on. You know, this thing, we talked a couple weeks ago about this. I am just stunned at how we are finding these documents. They're being un- uncovered miraculously. The unite When he was a United States senator, somehow they're showing up. I mean, how does this happen? How are we not... How is the archives and so forth not tracking these documents? It's something everybody's wondering. What system is there in place? And what are the legal repercussions that could be here? But, but that's a lot. What's your top-line thought on what we're seeing here, Mike? It's clear that Joe Biden intended to steal these classified records. Uh, this was no accident. They have found five sets of stolen classified records in at least three personal locations of Joe Biden's, his Penn Biden office, uh, his uh, office he held when he left the vice presidency where he was uh, on the, the, this office was funded by the Chinese University of Pennsylvania. That's one place he had documents in his garage in Delaware. He had documents in his study in Delaware and maybe another place. It's very clear that he intended to have these documents. He had documents going back to his Senate days, not only when he was vice president, but going back to his Senate days, that's pretty shocking that he had documents going back that far. That means he stole documents out of the Senate separate from when he was vice president. This shows a pattern that Joe Biden steals these classified records for whatever purpose. Uh, it's, it's unclear. They need to find out. They need to. So here's the problem is the Biden Justice Department, when Attorney General Merrick Garland found out about this, around November 2nd. And the only reason they found out about this is because Biden, Biden's lawyers contacted the National Archives, and it was, it was the National Archives Inspector General who, who got wind of this and turned this over to the Justice Department. Otherwise, we probably never would have found out about this because Biden's team was colluding with the political appointee at the archives to try to bury this. And so what does Attorney General Garland do? He sits on this for two months and does... And does nothing. He actually colludes with the with the Biden White House uh, and the Biden personal attorneys to cover this up. There is clear evidence from uh, New York Times and Washington Post reporting that they were trying to cover this up, so it never became public. And during this time, Biden's out there saying how bad it was for Trump to have these classified records, how record how reckless it was. And Garland appoints a special counsel on November 18th for Trump instead of. For Biden, it was very clear that uh, that Garland shouldn't have, should have appointed a special counsel immediately because Garland cannot investigate his own boss. And so House Republicans, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, they need to stop tweeting and start issuing subpoenas. They need to get a subpoena to Attorney General Merrick Garland and get him in front of the House Judiciary Committee and make him explain his actions here. Why was he colluding with his boss Biden inappropriately, illegally colluding mm. to cover this up while having a separate uh, track where he was going after Biden's political enemy, Trump. And and Garland can't say, look, we can't talk about this. this is a, this is an ongoing investigation. Garland handed this off to a special counsel and covering up for your boss is not is not part of your investigative duty. 
Is this what you think the Democrats are concerned about now? Let me give you a, a little snippet of Dick Durbin, number two Democrat in the United States Senate, saying what he's worried about. And there's one word in there that will catch your attention, Benghazi. Let's be honest about it. Uh, when that information is found, it diminishes uh, the stature of any person who is in possession of it because it's not supposed to happen. Uh, whether it was a, the fault of a staffer or an attorney, it makes no difference. The elected official bears ultimate responsibility. And we have to worry, since this uh, new group that has taken over control of the House of Representatives has promised us endless investigations, confrontations, impeachments, and chaos, what's going to happen? I only have one word for those who are dubious as to whether that will happen, and the word is Benghazi. How long did we spend going through Benghazi hearings in the Republican-controlled House in the past? Now imagine the MAGA Republicans and what they're setting out to do. Uh, I'm sure that they're going to have investigations uh, to our heart's delight. We have to worry, he says, Mike Davis. Well, it, I, is Attorney General Merrick Garland a MAGA Republican? Because... Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, appointed a special counsel yes. to investigate this. Uh, so that must mean Attorney General Merrick Garland is a Benghazi MAGA Republican as well. This is that is just complete nonsense. You have a former vice president of the United States who had stolen classified records going back at least 14 years to his time as the Senate Judiciary, or excuse me, Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman, highly classified records, five sets of it at least, in at least three different personal locations. We also have clear-cut evidence that the Bidens were uh, illegally, inappropriately, corruptly on Chinese and Ukrainian oligarch payrolls. And we've heard that uh, some of these documents related to Ukraine, they have to get to the bottom of this. They have to figure out who had access to these records? They need to interview Joe. They need to interview Jill. They need to interview James. They need, they need to interview Hunter. They need to interview the, the Chinese agent of the Biden family who Hunter had a key made for. They need to interview people who had everyone who had access to these classified records. They have to do a real intel assessment, and they also need to do a search of Biden's uh, Rehoboth Beach beach home along with any other location where these documents could have been handled. Uh, it's very clear that Attorney General Merrick Garland, he, he allowed in this extraordinary move, he allowed Biden's personal attorneys and Biden's White House attorneys to do their own search. That He didn't send in the Justice Department and the FBI for the first five, four sets of documents that they found. It wasn't until the fifth set that the FBI went and that the FBI found that, that, that the FBI finally got involved with this, and it wasn't after Garland sought, sought a, a subpoena or a home warrant like he did with Trump, it was with cooperation between the Biden Justice Department, the Biden White House, the Biden lawyers. This is outrageous what's going on here. This is a complete cover-up by Attorney General Merrick Garland covering up mm. for Biden. And again, House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan, he has the gavel now. He can stop tweeting and start issuing subpoena. 
Again, we're talking with Mike Davis, founder and president of the Article 3 Project. Uh, I want to play two clips, one back-to-back. One is Representative Ro Khanna of California, and the other is on MSNBC, a snippet of Biden advisor Ian Sams being pressed a bit by the Morning Joe crew, and then I'll pose a question. Take a listen to this. Well, look, I mean, those documents shouldn't have been there. When I look at classified information, being on the House Armed Services Committee, Uh, I go to a skiff and I have to give over my phone and I'm not allowed to take any documents outside of the skiff. So uh, I really don't understand uh, how those documents got into a personal residence and we do need answers on that. And you heard Congressman Schiff just before this interview. He walks into a skiff, checks for his devices, he walks out, makes sure he doesn't have anything. A lot of people are asking, how could this happen? And that's the answer that that we're stuck on. There's no answer being provided. Well, again, I'm going to I'm going to stress this again. And I understand that there's a desire for public disclosure of information, that there's a desire for facts to come out. But it's important that the full set of facts be gathered by the Justice Department and then presented publicly so that people can understand all of these details. So obviously got a weaselly answer from Ian Sams. But what do you make of the likes of Ro Khanna and the MSNBC crew and others in the media that I don't know if they're turning on Biden or if they're they've got something else going on, but they're pushing more than they normally do. What do you think is going on there, Mike? Well, uh, I think Joe Biden is the Democrats useful idiots. And maybe Joe Biden is not so useful to them anymore. Right. So we're we're past the midterm elections. Uh, if Joe Biden uh, has to step aside, I don't think it's uh, much skin off their back. At a minimum, I don't think Democrat. I don't think the Democrats want Joe Biden to run for re-election in 2024. Maybe this is their way of helping uh, Uncle Joe find the door. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking about. Plus, if if they did that successfully, then they could at least give their narrative to use that against Trump and say, well, we're consistent. We've always thought that documents that are classified being in the hands of somebody like this is bad, both whether they're Trump or Biden. But you've talked a little bit about how there are some key distinctions in your assessment, Mike Davis, between Biden as a former U.S. senator and former vice president having these classified documents and Donald Trump as a former president. Yeah, there, there is a night and day difference. I outlined this in a Newsweek piece that I just published. And it, I as a former president, former, former presidents get federally funded office space. They get uh, federally funded staff, federally funded secure office space called SCIFs. Uh, the staff gets uh, security clearances. They have lifetime secret service protection. Congress understands that former presidents they get office of the former president because they can look at their classified records. They, the president is allowed under the Presidential Records Act to take personal copies of any of his presidential records when he leaves office, classified or not. Contrast that with the vice president. He doesn't get any of that. He gets Secret Service protection for up to six months, and that's it. Joe Biden had a two-and-a-half-year gap between when he lost his Secret Service protection uh, uh, six months after leaving the vice presidency until he became a presidential candidate again. And he didn't have federally funded office space and federally funded staff and security clearances and the like uh, for his staff. He didn't have skips. That's the difference is Congress intended former presidents 
to be able to see their classified presidential records. Congress did not intend for vice presidents to steal presidents' classified presidential records. And that's exactly what uh, then-Vice President Joe Biden did when he stole President Obama's classified presidential records. Just a few minutes left with our guest, Mike Davis, of the Article 3 Project. Take a listen. Again, this is Biden spokesman and advisor Ian Sams. And the end of this clip, pay attention to that when he talks about conspiracy theories. Well, we'll see what they're going to do. I mean, I think that that they can say a lot, put out a lot of press releases, do a lot of media interviews. But we'll take a look at the letters that they send. We'll take a look at their actual investigative actions and we'll respond to the Congress as appropriate. I think that it's just very clear that a lot of these things are rooted in false conspiracy theories. Oh, just dismiss it, Mike, because a lot of these things are rooted in false conspiracy theories like, I don't know, the Hunter Biden laptop and, you know, those other things. Yeah, conspiracy theories when you had at least five sets of classified records in at least three different personal locations. And remember, as we said, the first four sets that they found, Garland had this little cozy relationship where Biden's lawyers got to do their own search. Remember, Biden's attorneys represented to the Justice Department and the American people that they did a complete search for all documents. Well, how did the FBI come up with that fifth set of documents if they did a complete search? It sounds like there could be some evidence of obstruction there that, that the, uh, the special counsel needs to investigate. Which leads me to my last question for you, Mike, and that is we have a special counsel, Robert Herr, appointed to oversee this investigation now. On the Biden side, there's a separate special counsel looking into the Trump side of things. But when it comes to the Biden classified documents in particular, and since we keep having these documents show up at various homes and offices, you laid it out perfectly before as to where we've been finding them and what the timeline is, Mike. But where do you think we go from here? Do you expect that Jim Jordan will go beyond the tweets and do subpoenas or maybe James Comer of the Oversight Committee will do any of those subpoenas and what have you? What do you expect the Congress to do? What do you expect the special counsel and Garland to do? Well, Congress has a a clear constitutional oversight responsibility to make sure that the Justice Department is investigating crimes, not covering up crimes for their boss. And that's what's been happening for the last two months is Garland has been working with Biden to cover up his clear-cut violations of the Espionage Act, his clear theft of classified government records. And so uh, Jim Jordan and Comer have definite oversight responsibilities there with Robert Kerr, the special counsel. It doesn't appear like he's up and running yet, but I'll tell you what, if he doesn't subpoena records, if he doesn't, if he doesn't demand questioning of Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Hunter Biden, James Biden, and anyone else who had access to these, uh, these, uh, these presidential, these classified uh, presidential records and other records uh, who that Biden stole when he was in the Senate, if they don't interview people, uh, interview those four people along with anyone else who had access, he's not doing his job. And so that's going to be a big test for special counsel Robert Hur. The burden then, you would say, Mike Davis, is on Robert Hur, Jim Jordan, and James Comer. Yeah, I mean, they ha- they they absolutely. Now, I will say that you have to be careful. You don't want you don't want Congress legitimately or illegitimately uh, meddling with an investigation inappropriately. But finding out, uh, you know, finding out whether Garland's 
was politically covering for his boss is certainly within their purview. It is not it's not a Department of Justice investigation to have the attorney general doing a political cover up for his boss. Yeah, no, that's an important distinction here. Mike Davis, and we appreciate your time breaking these very important issues down. Again, founder and president of the Article 3 Project. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Once again, Mike Davis joining us from Washington, D.C. He is the guy who was the point man for the Senate Judiciary Committee during Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation proceedings. Working hand-in-hand, hand-in-glove, whatever the expression is, with Chuck Grassley to shepherd that through. And uh, very interesting and comprehensive insights from Mike right there. What are your thoughts? What do you make of this? 303-696-1971. Biden says he has no regrets. Will he have regrets? We'll pick up the conversation on that, plus what in the world's going on. Sad news. M&M's. Spokes candies have been put on ice in the freezer and replaced by somebody else, a human being. What? We'll pick it up on the other side with that and so much more. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Stefan Tubbs, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. Our telephone number right here on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Coming back, Jimmy Sangenberger in for Stefan Tubbs on this Music Monday. The theme is Southern Rock, and we have to get a Marshall Tucker tune in, but especially because the man who gave the Marshall Tucker band their name died at the age of 99 on January 20th. That would be Friday. As Ultimate Classic Rock and Culture reports... The Southern Rock Pioneers chose their moniker from a random discovery soon after they'd formed in 1972. We are saddened to hear of the passing of someone very special to our hearts for very obvious reasons, the Post read. Our band's namesake, Mr. Marshall Tucker, passed away peacefully yesterday morning at the age of 99. Though he was never a member of our band... We wouldn't be here today without his historic name. In the early days when we were rehearsing in an old warehouse in Spartanburg, we found a keychain inscribed with his name. We needed a name ASAP, and the rest is history. Marshall was blind since birth, but amazingly could play the heck out of the piano. He always said his talent was simply God-given, He turned pianos in South Carolina for decades. We are thankful for Mr. Marshall Tucker and the life he lived, sending blessings to his wife and family. May, Marshall Tucker, 99 years old, rest in peace, and thanks for giving the name to one of the great Southern rock bands, great bands of all time, the Marshall Tucker Band. As we continue on News Talk 710 KNUS again, Jimmy in for Stefan today. I'm also in for Stefan on Wednesday from 4 until 7. And tomorrow I'll be filling in the morning for George Brockler 
from 6 to 10 right here on News Talk 710 KNUS. I'll tee up what we've got planned for tomorrow's show a little later in the program. And then, of course, every Saturday morning, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger Show from 6 until 9. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. If you'd like to join in to the festivities, you can also text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. One more thing that I wanted to play here from audio regarding the insanity that is this Biden classified document scandal is Dick Durbin. Again, the number two Democrat in the U.S. Senate, Senator from Illinois, uh, painting a picture as to, oh, what's different between his criticisms of Trump just a couple months back and a few months back and where he's at now regarding Biden. Take a listen to this. It's from CNN yesterday, first with a blast from the past just a few months ago and then from him yesterday. It's an outrage. It is a literal outrage for the president to take this important information down to his home in Florida and then store it in a closet with traffic people back and forth in his resort and golf course. It's an outrage. Is it also an outrage for the current president to have what appears to be multiple classified documents in multiple locations? At its heart, the issue is the same. Those documents should not have been in the personal possession of either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. But what happened and followed from it is significantly different. Absolutely. They should. Look, I'm going to say this about Trump, whether he and we heard Mike Davis make a little bit of the case for why Trump was okay to have documents as he has, uh, although I am still in uncertain as to why, if that's the case, the the Trump legal team hasn't presented the arguments and said, oh, these were declassified or, oh, here's the the tracking for these documents and so forth. Here's the rights of the president. We haven't seen that yet. And I don't I never understood why, because my understanding has been what has been expressed by the likes of Mike Davis, our guest in the last segment, that the president does have unique abilities, unique permissions as the president regarding classified and unclassified documents and what happens with them. But goodness, Dick Durbin trying to say, oh, you know, of course it's important, but there's a big difference here. Playing little games here. Listener text coming in. Hello, I am wondering, as I listen to the broadcast, if this type of document scrutiny only began with President Trump. Were previous presidents searched in this manner at their homes and adjunct offices? If not, it seems like prejudicial or unusual treatment. That could be a defense for President Trump. I don't know if it helps previously Vice President Biden or not. Those are good questions. I don't know the answer to that. I don't believe that we've had other former presidents who have been evaluated in this way. We've had other elected officials like Hillary Clinton or in her case, she was an elected official, was, I think, classified documents from when she was secretary of state that are implicated here. But I don't know the answer about the president. I don't think that has been the case. I think this is unusual. And now it started with Trump, but then it goes over to Biden. 
And I, I wonder how consistent they will be, how they will examine all of this in the end and what will what will happen. But there is one piece, and I'm looking for it here, Fox News. John Yu is a legal expert. He's a former deputy assistant attorney general, I think under George W. Bush. And he is a law professor at Berkeley. Believe it or not, they have a conservative professor at Berkeley. But he makes the point, and he did this on Trey Gowdy's show last night, quote, the rule of law in the Constitution demands that similar cases be treated in a similar way as far as Trump and Biden. But he notes some differences. He does say, first of all, with Biden, we don't know what the facts are all yet. Every time it sounds like his lawyers or the FBI or someone from the White House Counsel's Office takes a look, somewhere Biden has a prop has a property. They find more classified documents. So we still don't know the full story here. President Trump also kept documents, too. One thing is different is that it sounds like so far President Trump has had a lot more. And of course, President Trump fought more with the government in terms of turning them over. On the other hand. What we need to know is what was the harm to the national security? Where did these documents, where were they all this time? But then he goes on to point out about how a State Department report summarizing an administrative review of handling of classified information by former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server for government business found 38 individuals at fault and more than 500 security violations from the 30,000 emails the State Department was able to physically review. And he noted the following, quote, we should also mention a third person, who I think went far beyond either of these cases in their violation of the handling of classified information and the harm to our national security, which was Hillary Clinton, who was running all the classified emails from the State Department through her that went through her private, unsecured computer server. So let Congress have an investigation of all three of those cases. Let's get the facts. And then the Justice Department will have to be sure that they're treating all the cases fairly. Fair point. I wanted to get that in about Hillary Clinton and what she did with her server and classified details and more. Pretty darn stunning what's going on here. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you'd like to join in to the festivities here on the program. Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Stefan Tubbs. All right, let's get to it. In the next segment, what the heck is going on with M&Ms? They're getting rid of their spokes candies, at least for now. They're putting them on ice in the freezer and bringing out somebody else to be their spokesperson. Why and what do you make of it? We'll pick up on that coming up on the other side right here on Denver's local talk leader news talk 710 KNUS. Music Monday on the Stefan Tub Show. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Stefan with a theme of Southern Rock. So we've got the Outlaws going on here. I had the great opportunity to meet last year Henry Paul, who also fronts the Henry Paul Band, and is from the Outlaws. Really cool and very, just a great guy. 
Absolute great guy, great voice, great band. Gotta love the Outlaws here with their classic tune, There Goes Another Love Song. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the listener texting Jimmy Sangenberger, best bumper music ever, but I'm not gonna, it's not my, sh- I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rub that fact in. Stefan's notes, he's already got enough that he's kind of dealing with today. For those who've been wondering, what's up with Stefan? For these few days this week where he is out, and I'm back in the saddle on Wednesday as well, the left-handed radio host had surgery on his left hand. And as he told me, it just so happens to be National Handwriting Day. So he can't celebrate National Handwriting Day because his hand for handwriting is in a cast. But you know what, folks? He's doing well. It went well. Obviously, it hurts, but he's on the mend, and we'll be back in the saddle in a few days. Best wishes to you, brother, and I know appreciates thoughts, prayers, everything from our great listening audience right here on 710KNUS. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you distraught? The message that came in from M&M's, America, let's talk. In the last year, we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice. And we definitely didn't think it would break the internet. But now we get it. Even a candy's shoes can be polarizing, which was the last thing M&M's wanted, since we're all about bringing people together. Therefore, we have decided to take an indefinite pause from the spokes candies. Folks, this means they are putting the spokes candies on ice in the freezer and probably in the back of the freezer right now. In their place, we are proud to introduce a spokesperson America can agree on, the beloved Maya Rudolph. We are confident Ms. Rudolph will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone feels they belong. You know, I'm, I'm really feeling sad. Sadness in my heart for the spokes candies that are just being passed aside, thrust aside because M&Ms can't take the heat. They got to stay out of the chocolatey kitchen. I'm I'm really feeling the spokes candy blues. sad all right let's be real this is insane literally because the their spokes candies which is the animated m&ms became controversial unnecessarily by the way they forced their themselves that it was an unforced error that's what we call it and then they got flack for it and then the flack was too much so they're like oh we're gonna retire these guys at least for now how long have we had the animated 
Spokes candies. I mean, some of the great movie theater little bits before the movie goes on and you see them having fun or going on an adventure like Indiana Jones or whatever they're spoofing off of. They were fun. And then they go ruin the fun by getting all woke and political. And then they get flack for it, understandably so, although a little bit of it was kind of loopy. Some of the stuff that like Tucker Carlson did was a little bit out there. But they couldn't take the heat. So they just decided we're going to get out of the kitchen. We'll put the spokes candies on ice way, way, way back in the freezer and bring out Maya Rudolph. <laughs> Here is what NBC News had to say about this. Fox News host Tucker Carlson railed against woke M&Ms in a recent broadcast. He made similar complaints about the candies last January after M&Ms announced a new inclusive look. Don't you love the language? Inclusive look. In its statement on Monday, M&M said it definitely didn't think it would break the Internet. And we went on to read the whole statement. Online, many responded to the announcement with shock and disappointment. They fired the M&Ms, one user wrote. Give me back my sexy green M&Ms, M&M, wrote another user. Others speculated the announcement could be a publicity stunt made ahead of the Super Bowl, which takes place on February 12th. It's January 23rd. They literally murdered Mr. Peanut on January 22nd, 2020. This is an obvious chumming of the waters for a bad Super Bowl ad plan. One user wrote, referring to when planters said Mr. Peanut died during a pre-Super Bowl ad in 2020. Yes, that is entirely plausible. And they will bring back their new one. But doesn't that seem like it is It is a little bit difficult to... Uh, to fathom how you just go two weeks like that's a short time spin they should have announced this like the end of last year i think give it a little more time to percolate give maya rudolph the notoriety and then suddenly pull the spokes candies out of the freezer and bada boom bada bing they're back in action and they're no longer controversial maybe that's what they're gonna do but right now it just seems ridiculous and I would love to have an interview. I said this earlier. I'd love to have an interview with the official spokesperson of the Department of You Have Got to Be Kidding Me. But what do you think? Is this a plot before the Super Bowl? Or is this an instance where their wokeness got blowback and they're not happy with it? They don't know what to do. They need to make a decision on some path, and they can't. They're, they're indecisive like the Washington commanders were for so long. You know, they abandon the Redskins name. Then they become the Washington commanders or Washington football team for a couple of years, which was lame as could be. And then they come back and it's the commanders. And then not only that, they have a mascot that's a pig. It's like, what the heck is going on here? Are are they out of good marketing ideas and names and things like that? I mean, come on. What are your thoughts? Join me in the next hour, 303-696-1971.
<laughs> okay. Listener text because I talked about Mr. Tubes having had a hand surgery, doing well, with left hand. Watch out for HIPAA issues. Well, I will say I cleared this with my pal Stefan before letting you know. And in fact, he posted it already on his Twitter for the Tub Show, at Tub Show on Twitter. He posted a picture of his left hand in his cast. But he goes on, listener text, Tubbs talks for a living. He needs no hands. Best wishes to Mr. Tubbs. Yeah, you know, it. it you do need your hands a little bit. I got to say, like to drive to and from, um, in my case, if I want to play harmonica, I guess I could do it with just one hand, but it's tougher. Obviously, Stefan can't write like you want to make notes. Like I can't, I'm right handed. I kind of write like I'm left handed. People have noted because of where my hands position and it helps make for the worst handwriting real chicken scratch that I've had. I mean, I got docked when I was in like first grade. I got a really low score or something on handwriting in first grade. I don't remember. But point is, if you want to write notes during an interview, it's kind of tough to do. So, and then it hurts. And then it, yeah, you need, you need a couple of days. You need a couple. We'll give him a few days. Indeed. Thanks for the best wishes to Mr. Tubbs. As we continue on the Stefan Tubbs show, Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Stefan. So, of course, we all know about downtown Denver and decay. We all remember the riots, mostly peaceful protests of 2020. Well, what happened in Atlanta seems to be a resurgence of this, at least on a small scale. And the question is, is it violence? Is property destruction violence? 303-696-1971. We'll pick it up on the other side, 710-KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.